You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General John McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. All right, John, you want to do some for real or fugazis? Let's do it. Okay, cool. Let's do it. We do for real or fugazi. We do it every third episode of the week. Normally a Thursday, but we're doing it on a Wednesday this week because of the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, and, uh, I read a sentence, I share it with John. I ask him if he, if it is for real or fugazi, uh, well, I read the sentence. If John agrees with it, if he agrees with what I just said, he says for real, if he disagrees with it, or he thinks I'm stupid or crazy, or the statement is false, he says, fugazi, fugazi, says it with that great Waco Italian accent right there is what John does. All right. So let's do this, John. This one is just a flat out quarterback matchup in week 12. For real or for Gazy, C.J. Stroud is better than Trevor Lawrence. Uh, this season he has been, and you can, statistically you can see it. And uh, he outplayed Trevor Lawrence in the first game, and the Texans won by 20 points. Lawrence is supposed to be the generational talent. It's his third season, and he said some bad coaching, but he has not been a generational quarterback prospect. The last one was Andrew Luck, and as a rookie he did, and he met the expectations, and maybe this is a game where he amplifies on his performance last week with four touchdowns, and and he assumes the role of greatness. But uh, right now, it's Stroud. John, it's not for real Fugazi, or John gives analysis on it. Is it for real or Fugazi? I thought I said for real. You didn't. You did not. You did not. Oh, I you didn't. Just, okay. You went right into your diet, John. It's- it's for real. This for season real, he is for real. Okay, gotcha. Thank you very much. Um, all right. Um, next one. Shaquille Leonard waived by the Indianapolis Colts. Kind of surprising, I guess. We can talk about that a little bit. But, John, Sha- Shaquille Leonard, I'm guessing, is going to clear waivers with that contract of his and with the injury issues. But he's going to end up playing for somebody. For real or for Gazy, Shaquille Leonard at the right price would be a good pickup for the Houston Texans. Fugazi, you couldn't play for the Colts. You've been benched. He's been terrible since he had his two back operations. So they got a good thing going here. He'd be a backup, and I'm sure he wants a chance to start. But 
he'll sign with somebody, but you know, I wouldn't do it here. They got, they got plenty of linebackers and right now they're playing well. I, you know, John, just taking Shaq Leonard out of it for a second, just like this, it is kind of wild. Like all of a sudden, like the Texans have to be considered a team that if you're one of these guys that gets cut or you got a chance to sign with a team or whatever, I'm not saying that they're the chiefs or something like that, but they're a reasonable team. Like if you're looking like, okay, I want to, I know I want to go to a playoff team with a good quarterback. The Texans are a playoff team with a good quarterback right now. That's, that's a fun place to be for Texan fans. Well, I think that'll be more in line with free agency next year. I agree. But you always got to pay. You're not going to take less money. If it's equal, you might want to come here because they're on the way up. But uh, And that could be the case. Maybe that's why uh, DeAndre Houston Carson did not have to leave the Ravens practice squad. He could have stayed there, waited to be elevated, and play for a Super Bowl contender. Instead, he chose to come here where he'd be on the roster because he knew he had a chance to play because of the injuries, and he's taking advantage of the situation. So that's a good example of a guy who could have stayed placed where he was for a Super Bowl contender, but he chose to come to here. I didn't know that, John. Guys, if they get if, if they get claimed off a practice squad, they can say no? Yeah, it's signed off the practice squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's say, what I mean. It's one, year yeah, agent, one year an agent called me and asked me to call his client who was Green Bay and didn't want to come, and asked me to explain the situation of what the te- the Texans had going on here as far as injuries and the defense and everything. This was back during the Kubiak era. So mm-hmm. I talked to his player. He came here, didn't play well, and got cut and ended up back in Green Bay. Okay. Well, yeah, all's well that ends well. They got to some good Tex-Mex for a few weeks. <laughs> all right, John, next one. If D'Amico Ryan's for real or for Gazy, if D'Amico Ryan's wins 10 games, he should automatically be coach of the year. For real, of course. Uh, right now he's number two. And, it's, and we talked about Dan Campbell. He's done a great job, but they were picked to win the division. D'Amico was picked to be last. Texans are supposed to be second worst team in the league. There's nobody who's done a better coaching job. There's been some good ones. Stefanski, he's done a great job. Kevin O'Connell's done a great job. But nobody has done what D'Amico Ryan's has done. Yeah, to me, John, if you're a writer, and I don't know who all votes for Coach of the Year, they you know have, better than They have former players, former coaches, general managers, writers, and broadcasters on the 50-man panel that votes on all that. Okay, well, I need to know who all 50 of those guys are, and I need to go back through their Twitter feeds, and I need to go back through every column that they wrote. And if they lined up and had any sort of column anywhere along the way where they talked about how the Texans are the most dysfunctional team in the last however many years because of Jack Easterby and all the, all the nonsense that's gone on around here. And they're not voting for D'Amico Ryan's for coach of the year. They're being hypocrites. Like you can, <laughs> by definition, you cannot have stood there taking shots at the Texans saying they're the worst organization that they've ever seen. A lot of people said that, that this is the worst organization I've ever seen. You cannot have said that and then not vote for D'Amico Ryan's for coach of the year. If he wins double digit games this year, that's the rule. I think he'll win it going away, and I don't care what Vegas says. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, All right, John. uh, Let's see. Uh, Next one. I don't know if you saw this, but on Stephen A. Smith's radio show, Tom Brady was on, and he bemoaned the NFL play. said there's, quote, mediocrity. John, the NFL product is a mediocre product these days. Um, I think if you watch a lot of these teams are really good. Um, As people have pointed out, Brady, and I don't know if he said that in that interview, the NFL Players Association has uh, has uh, 
negotiated in collective bargaining all these rules that you can't do squatting off season when you used to do a lot of teaching, especially for the line. And of course, with the quarterbacks out, that's the key. The, the game's yeah. so much better and more interesting if you don't have all these top quarterbacks out with injuries, which the, which has happened. So no, I disagree with Brady and a lot of it he's talking about. Players have to learn to protect himself. Well, themselves. Well, how, how come he didn't protect himself when he blew out his knee in the first game one year in which they went 11-5 and five with Matt Castle? That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Players have to learn how to protect themselves. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I I just I always look at it, John. Like when I sit down to watch NFL football, am I am I enjoying it less now than I used to? And the answer is clearly no. And this isn't even a Texans thing where I'm enjoying it more now because the Texans are good. I'm talking about sitting down on a Thursday night game and and watching again, John. I I like the storylines. Like I I you know like I'm I'm into the. I, I do hate some of the things that get called in these games when I think I think there's a lot of players on defense that get victimized by these rules. It's just impossible to not go helmet to helmet sometimes based on what guys do. So I, that part, the randomness of some of the calls I don't like. It doesn't affect my enjoyment of the game. Like I sat down and watched Chicago and Carolina from beginning to end because I wanted to watch Bryce Young get his head handed to him for 60 minutes and feel good about C.J. Stroud. Like that's where I'm at with it. Like I like the soap opera storylines of the whole thing. One thing that has uh, made a difference, a lot of great quarterbacks have retired in recent years. Yeah. And some of the younger ones who are great are getting hurt, like this year with Joe Burrow. that And, and Aaron Rodgers, not young, but a great one. And they have so many nationally televised games, and that's just bad luck for the NFL. So I did not agree with Brady. I didn't either. And, John, it's funny. I don't know if you ever look at on um... – on CBSSports.com, I'm trying to see the writer here. I've got the article pulled up. Cody Benjamin does. No, no. Cody Benjamin does the QB power rankings. Prisco does their team power rankings. But excuse me, Cody Benjamin does QB power rankings every week, based on you know just how the quarterbacks are playing. CJ was number one coming out of the um, the Cincinnati game last week. He dropped. You know, he threw three picks, so he's fourth now. Which I know, like, probably, I don't know, like, when I tell you that C.J. Stroud is the fourth best quarterback in football, what's, like, your 10-second reaction to that, John? Well, based on how everybody's playing and the inconsistency, I would say, yeah, he has been playing like uh, a quarterback who should be in the top four. Yeah, and, and it's crazy. Like, the, I think you look at it and you go, wow, like, he's a rookie. I know he's been really good. But, boy, this age of quarterbacks we're in. But, yeah, you go, this age of quarterbacks we're in. The three that are ahead of him, Lamar Jackson is one. Uh, Jalen Hurts is two. It hadn't been a great Jalen Hurts year. Patrick Mahomes has probably had statistically his worst season since taking over. He's third. C.J. Stroud is fourth. John, and you start to go down the list. You know, Josh Allen's fifth. His offensive coordinator got fired a week ago. Brock Purdy is sixth. You know, he had an interception problem earlier this year. Dak Prescott, seventh. He can't win a big game. Tua Tungavailoa is eighth. He hasn't beaten a good team yet this year. Justin Herbert's ninth. His coach is about to get fired. Jared Goff is tenth. 
I have nothing bad to say about Jared Goff, ironically. Like, I think he actually maybe – he might deserve to be a little higher on this list. Russell Wilson's 11th, and I know Russell Wilson is better now. I'm not going to go through the whole list. I'll stop there. Um, well, actually, I should see where Trevor Lawrence is just based on who the Texans play. I'm guessing – yeah, Trevor 12th. Russell Wilson's 11th. And, John, I know Russell Wilson's better this year than he was last year. Not a high bar to clear. But I watched Russell Wilson these last two games. They were both on national TV. There's nothing scary about this version of Russell Wilson. He's still light years behind what he was in Seattle. Like, it's, it, this is – it's not a great quarterback league right now. I know injuries play a part of it. You know, the, the, Joe Burrow's out. Aaron Rodgers is out. Deshaun Watson, we don't know what the hell's going on with him, whether when he's hurt or when he's healthy. But – that Brock Purdy is the sixth best quarterback in football is insane to like that's like that that just goes to show you. Well, he's coming off back to back great games, including first perfect rating since Joe Montana, I think, in '89. Yeah. And uh, he had that bad spurt, just like Stroud's having a bad spurt. And it's not what you do in September and October, it's November and December. And that's why uh, the best separate themselves, best quarterbacks and the best teams. And this yeah. is a great opportunity for Stroud to continue to play well. And, you know, right now, if you were to ask me what team throws the ball down the field more at a higher percentage than any other team, I'd say, well, Miami. They're the most vertical team in the league. They throw the ball beyond 10 yards and 47%, 46%. Guess who throws it 50.1%? The Texans with Bobby yep. Slowick. Yeah, they attack, man. It's fun. It's really, really fun to watch. All right, two more, John. Michigan and Ohio State play this weekend. A lot of drama around that game. Michigan and the the, the winner goes on and probably going to win the Big Ten and go to the college football playoff. The loser will have one loss. Not necessarily out of it, though, depending on how this game plays out. However, John, the University of Texas should be rooting for Michigan against Ohio State because the for real or Fugazi, because the college football playoff committee will never let a one-loss Michigan team into the college football playoff with all the sign-stealing scandals. Ooh, I like that for real. Yeah, I think that's a great one. You know what's going to be bad is Oregon beats Washington, Alabama beats Georgia, Ohio State beats Michigan, and their Florida State loses without its quarterback, and there's one unbeaten team, Ohio State, and then there's jockeying for positions oh. unlike anything we've ever seen. I loved it when they asked Carbine much respect we had from Ryan Day. And he calls him Ohio, and he started talking about his game plan. Just yeah. totally blew Love it that. off. That's one of the things that makes the rivalry good. And I'm pulling for Ohio, the Ohio State, to beat the Michigan Wolverines. And Jim Mars, Harbaugh's next stop, Chicago or Las Vegas. The Chicago Bears, yeah, yeah. I, um, You know, John, when you lay it out that way, all that chaos, the potential chaos – it actually makes me kind of bummed out for the 12-team playoff as opposed to the 14-team playoff because I like the chaos. I like the debate. Debate's way better for shows like you know, like ours on Sports Radio 610 than just, well, all these one-loss teams, who cares? They're all going to make the playoff. You know, they, you named all those teams. If, if, if the chaos that you just laid out ensued, those teams would all make the playoffs in a 12-team playoff in all likelihood. I mean, I have to think it through a little bit because I know there's spots taken for conference champions and there's a group of five spot and things like that and whatnot, and it's still a committee involved. So they may do some chicanery where they see a two-loss Alabama as being better than a one-loss Washington or something like that. Um, but I, I look, I'll enjoy the 12-team playoff because it's more football. It's more games. I think it's going to be cool watching playoff games and 
campus stadiums. That's that's going to be really neat. Um, but I'm I love the debate and the event and how pissed off people get to commit people probably are not fully. If we're being real, they're probably not the best thirteen people. Like they should have thirteen John Harris's making all these picks. They've got Condoleezza <laughs> Rice on there sometimes. They've got athletic directors who who I guarantee you fall asleep in their chair at seven o'clock watching the Pac-12 games. You know what I mean? This time next year, it's not going to be nearly as interesting. But right. when they expanded the NCAA tournament, I didn't like it. Now I think it's one of the best things I've ever seen in sports. So we'll adapt to it. But yeah. maybe this won't happen. Ohio State or Michigan will win. Georgia will win. Washington will sweep Oregon. So that's three yeah. unbeatens. And Florida State, maybe the backup quarterback wins. That's, they beat Louisville, and it's a great story. But you know it's not going to be that easy. No, no, uh-uh, it won't. All right, John, last one. For real or Fugazi? This is the most controversial and important one that we're going to do today. For real or Fugazi? Cranberry sauce has no place at any table, let alone a Thanksgiving Day table. For real. My goodness, oh, when I grew you. up, my parents had it on the table. It looked like yeah. somebody's liver. And uh, I didn't want to smell it. I didn't want it on my plate. I tasted it. I really didn't have a problem with it. But I think it's the most overrated thing in the history of Thanksgiving things. Do you know anybody that just, like, loves it, loves it, cranberry sauce? This is, I don't know. I, I know of a lot of athletes that drink cranberry juice. I like cranberry, like cranberry juice. Cranberry sauce. So okay. I don't know. When I was young, it was always old people that liked it because I guess it's cheap. And back when you didn't have much money and everybody uh, w worried about how they're going to put food on the table, cranberry sauce always seemed to be there. And I thought it was awful. It's awful. Well, have you ever seen it on a table that's not a Thanksgiving day or a holiday table? Like, I've never seen it. Like, I've never seen, I've never sat down at a table that, and I've eaten turkey outside of, you know, the holidays before. Like, there's there's always turkeys in the freezer at every grocery store all year round. Like I've eaten turkey outside of season before, but I only see cranberry sauce on the table at like once a year. And that's that. And, and now thankfully it's nuts a year. I see it because Amy's parents are sane and don't dabble in the cranberry sauce arts. Thank God. You're making me sick. Just talking about it. Let's do. Okay. Well, John, can, then, then let's wash your palate here. Last thing. Like what, what is it? What is a pre-soda? John McClain dream plate look like at Thanksgiving? Like one, you get one plate, John, you can fill every spot on the plate. You can fill every part of the surface area of the plate. What's the dream plate look like for you? Well, first of all, I got to tell you what my wife, Carol cooks. She has turkey with stuffing. She has mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes, uh, green bean casserole, uh, sweet peas, um, and two pies and celery stuffed with cream cheese and rolls. So on mm. my plate, I will go light on the turkey because I like turkey sandwiches the next two days. Yeah. So I tell her light on the turkey, heavy on the dressing, have mashed potatoes with gravy with the peas on top, and then mm. I have green bean casserole, and uh, I make it all fit. Truthfully, I get the green bean casserole in a bowl. But uh, for purposes of what you just asked me, that's what would be on my plate, topped off with a couple of rolls covered with butter. Mm. Yeah, John, that's good. Mm, yeah, no, that's a good – John, that's a solid plate right there by you. I would say 
too that the the part I'm most impressed by is the token greenery that you have on there to wash away some of the guilt. Green bean casserole and peas on top of mashed potatoes. That's I never ate peas on mashed potatoes till I uh, Carol and I got married and it was a tradition in her family. At first I didn't like it, now I do. Plus it yeah. allows me to get two things in one spot with the peas on top of the potatoes. I don't know why people pile their plate when they can get up 10 times if they need to, but yeah. I won't be eating all this because of the Soda Weight Loss Program. 